Welcome to the School for Mystics podcast with Misha Saido and Marina Galan. In this podcast, Marina and I will share with you unique and contrarian perspective of how our lives really work. Hello, Marina. Hello, Misha. How are you today? Happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am so touched you remembered. <laughs> <laughs> because you're reminded. <laughs> you know, I actually, uh, most, most years, I need to call my father so he will congratulate me. <laughs> you know, so, Oh, the, same, the same for me. The same for me. My my, my father doesn't yeah. remember when so I... So I always call him and he's like, so what's up? And I'm like, so I'm calling so that you can congratulate me for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but this year, he actually remembered. Yesterday, oh. he remembered and, and not only called me, but also messaged me, which was huge. Sweet. Sweet, indeed. <sighs> What's the, uh, what's the best birthday gift you have received so far? In my life? Let's talk about yesterday first, and then we'll talk about your life. The best gift I received yesterday was time to have dinner with my kids. Hmm. Time to go out to dinner with my kids. That was beautiful. Was it yes. good? Yes, it was really good. And... And a song, I received a song from a very good friend and I loved it so much. It touched me so deeply. This... Was it like pre-recorded or? No, it's, it's no, no, like... no, it's, it's, he just sent me a song by this woman that sings beautifully. It was, but it was so moving and it has been with me since yesterday. So it's been that kind of gift that just stays with you throughout the day, the night, the morning. And mm. so, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic okay and uh, tell me about your life what was the uh, best gift you ever received in your life man you are you are challenging my memory here the best gift i have ever received in my life Well, the one thing that comes to mind is uh, full-on scuba gear. Okay. That was a really cool one. It gave me hours and hours and hours of experience and pleasure. Were you a scuba diver before you got that? I was a scuba diver before that, but I became even more of a scuba diver afterwards. Once you, you got the gear. I'm a junkie, big time. Yeah. Yes. So do you go to the uh, Bahia or to, like, where do you go to scuba dive? Wherever I can. <laughs> I mean, I guess in Mexico, it is not very hard, especially if you live somewhere like at Cancun area, somewhere near the, uh, the Riviera. reef. The Riviera Maya. Yeah, the there are endless places yeah. to dive there. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an amazing, such an amazing place to dive. But I also really enjoy, there's a, coral reef there's a tiny coral reef in the area of Baja California and mm -hmm. it has become a natural area a protected natural forest underwater called uh, Cabo Pulmo and it's one mm -hmm. of the very few coral reefs on the Pacific side and it's just amazing it's beautiful 
But it is fairly cold to dive in there, right? No, not at all. No? Not at all. I think Caribbean is warm much warmer. versus the, Calif- the California's part is yeah, much warmer. Chilly, but chilly. Cabo Pulmo is located in an area that is, well, I guess it depends. You know, if you go during the winter, it would also yeah. be a little bit cooler. But, but no, it's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, really sweet. Nice. Nice. Okay, so there is another gift we will be having today, okay. which is our podcast. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be talking about standards of living. All right. Standards of living may sound like a very dry topic, but it, it's not. I know it is not. It's not. We never have dry it topics. It is not. Yeah. So for me, standards of living is about decision-making, actually. How do you mean? You decide what are your standards of life and you adhere to these standards. Mm -hmm. For instance, you decide how you should look like. You decide how you should feel. You decide how you should think. And... Then you miserably fail. <laughs> All right. It sounds it sounds intriguing and enticing. <laughs> <laughs> you fail greatly, but not in everything. Right. Since understanding of human nature starts with your decision to change your thinking. Okay. Without this idea of that you can control your thoughts, you will never find out that you actually cannot control them. Right. So that, that that's what was crossing my mind because you say the decision to change your thinking. It's not like you can will your, your thinking into changing, but you do have the decision to open yourself up to your thinking being changed by insight. Absolutely. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found that it's impossible to influence your thoughts since they just arise and there is not much control you can exercise. But once you have your values cleared, it it is not very important what you think. What do you mean by your values cleared? So let me share a story of of a client of mine. I'm working with this client and he's saying that he's a beast. And I I say, why you're a beast? And he says, I am, uh, I cheat on my wife. I am getting attracted to other women. And since I remember myself, I have always been uh, attracted to women, but I'm married for 30 years plus. And I am a beast because I want to have sex with other women and I'm, I can't control myself, etc. And we dive into a particular situation when that happened last time. This is what we do in coaching, right? We don't want to be high above the ground we want to get into the game we want not to be in the uh, 
um, spect spectators seat we want to be in the arena and he says so we are sitting in the restaurant with my wife and beside us there is a table and there is a couple and there is this uh, beautiful woman and i can't take my my eyes from her and i feel i cannot control it and then i ask so how many times you actually uh, cheated on your wife like how many how many times you committed an, an adultery and he said never <laughs> oh that is so sweet <laughs> and then like hold on you're saying you're a beast and you use other women to uh, to show that you have power and you are committing adultery with them but you actually never cheated like you never had sex with them and he's like yeah and like, do I get you right that in your values is to be a loyal husband and to be always with your wife? And he says, yeah, like we are married for 30 plus years. I have never actually jumped into the bed of another person. And this, and I, I say, you know what, dude, if this is true, who cares what you think? Hmm. Well, if he cares what he thinks. Exactly. And he's like, oh, I care. Like, that's important for me. And I'm like, no, you don't get the point. It's not important. Right. I mean, you can have sex with pretty much anyone you want in this world, as long as you don't have it. <laughs> if, according to your values, this is something you're not doing. Well, yeah, according to your values. I see what you mean then. Yeah, so the standards of living is living according to your values. All right. That's the, 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 the starter for me, the starter of this conversation. Sweet. I understand. So tell me about your standards of living. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring about values because I remember having a very clear conversation with my mother, who used to be a therapist, about the importance of values and how... Uh, it gave way to the possibility of integrity in life. But in my experience, since that conversation happened and I very obediently created my list of values and I said, okay, these are the values that I want to live by. Throughout the years, I have realized that uh, values are not fixed. Values are, and I'm, I don't mean to say malleable, because again, we go into the whole thing, can I control my values? No, but they do change. And, and, and when, you, when you open yourself up to that possibility, you discover a completely different kind of integrity that has nothing to do with values, but has to do with presence in the moment and realizing what the moment is asking of you beyond your thinking. Now, values per se are beliefs. They do not exist in nature. So things like faithfulness or things like, you know, I don't know, being a very hard worker, having a very uh, strict work ethic, 
all those are made of thought. And most of the time when we find ourselves caught up in terms of guilt, like your client, or sentiments of inadequacy or self-judgment, it has to do with a discrepancy between what we consider our values and the way we think about ourselves, right? Now, as you very well say, what you think about yourself doesn't really matter that much. Yes, well, the rigidity of values doesn't really matter that much either, right? Because if I am absolutely present in the moment and I see without any doubt that the moment is calling for, I don't know, let's say a certain amount of violence, you know, like pushing someone off the road or things like that. But I have the value of peace as a standard of living. I will not be able to respond to what the moment is asking of me in the name of my thinking. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Now, luckily, we have a real-time feedback system that allows us to see that we actually can make use of our values when they are needed, but we can let go of them and relax around them when they are not needed, when the moment calls for something completely different. And it is a difference, it's a difference in recognizing uh, the, the polarity between the way we've made up that life should be and the way life actually is, the way life is actually showing up. So I would say my standards of living are quite uh, flexible. <laughs> I hold them very lightly. I have an idea of the person that I want to be, that I, that I want to hold myself up to. But I guess one of my main values is kindness. And that includes self-kindness, radical self-kindness. And so I, I am incredibly grateful for the understanding of the human condition and, and the inside-out understanding because it allows me to see the innocence of our failings, the innocence of our concepts, the innocence of our values, and how harshly we tend to judge ourselves against them. And so, yeah, I would say radical kindness might be my only standard of living. <laughs> and, and considering that kindness does not have only one way of showing up it has endless ways of showing yeah. up for sure for me there is a difference between a belief and a value i agree with you that 
let's say um, when when I was around 20 to 25 years old, um, um, one of my values was hard work. And that's something my parents instilled in me. So it was my value. And I believed that everything you want to achieve in your life should be done through hard work. If it's easy, it's not worth it. If you want to make money, you work harder. If you want to make or achieve certain results, you work harder again. So hard work was value and I would use it as judgmental point. I would see whether the person is hardworking or not. And based on that, I will understand whether the person shares my values or not. But this is a belief. A value is or values are something that comes as your spiritual hardware. Let's say one of my values, actually kindness is one of them as well. One of my values is helping people no matter what. And even when I didn't want to do that, even when everything in me was resisting that, said, no, you should not do that. You should not help this person, forget about it. And all the arguments possible in the world were in my head. I was still there helping the person out. And there is nothing I can do. And those things do not change. In life they might evolve you might have a, a better a more clear understanding of that but it is stained with you even marina i tell you even when you were like four years old you were still kind <laughs> <laughs> well yes but again like what you're saying spiritual hardware so kindness is part of the spiritual hard work. We are naturally sure. kind. We are naturally yes. generous. We are naturally giving, right? Yes. But yeah, I guess I guess it's a semantics thing, right? Because the the, the origin of the word value comes from what you value, right? What you give value to. Yes. But yes. but yeah, in those terms, in those terms, you I agree with you. You can. You cannot escape that. And just to be very clear, you can try throughout your life. Oh, I tried. Right? To not be kind. And you may succeed, but your system will will bring you feedback that will um, show up amongst the lines of, this is not happiness. You will become bitter. You will become sad. You will become angry. And, and in that sense, your wisdom and your system are trying to point you back to your nature. Absolutely. I tried all my life to be a liar. I tried so hard. <laughs> I truly did my best. But always I was coming back to the uh, idea of radical honesty, radical integrity. 
I could not escape it. Even today, I I wish sometimes I just could do it. But the moment a lie leaves my mouth, integrity shows up. There you go. <laughs> and it's very embarrassing, I have to say. It is very embarrassing. Another standard of living is binding reality to be closer to your values. So let me explain what I mean by that because me and you or you and I, we know that we are not in the camp of reality binders. So let's say one of the things that I truly believe in is it is only truth that is worth seeking for and not validation or approval. And I've been in my childhood a big people pleaser. I really wanted to be a good guy. Oh, that is that is fun to imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. People don't believe it now. Like when they talk to me, they never think of me as a people pleaser. But hey, if if they could come to my childhood, I've been the most people pleasing, obedient kid in the world. Wow. But then as you grow up, you understand what your spirit is made of. And once you start seeking for truth and not validation, a lot of, a lot of thoughts actually change as well in your life. As you don't care that much about how people are going to feel about your choices, and about your thoughts doesn't mean that you have to become a dick it doesn't mean that you have to become a jackass and harm other people but if you listen to your spirit you will never harm other people it's not in your natural hardware right well the thing is that uh, kindness like we were saying love is as much a part of truth as anything so absolutely Truth without the kindness, without the love, just becomes confrontational, just becomes as holy, like you were saying. You know, it, it can be cruel, even. Yeah. Can I tell you about another standard I have? Please, go ahead. Honor. Oh, wow. What does that mean? Honoring my words and other people for, for who they are. So when I say on, honoring my words is that I will always do what I say unless I change my mind. <laughs> yeah. But I honor myself even when I change my mind. If I say it is going to be done, it will be done no matter what. And one of the things I shared with you before is my calendar. If it is in my calendar, it's going to be done no matter what. 
and this is how I know that there is no procrastination in my life because there is no time for procrastination in my calendar. And my calendar is not the way to make me move and to make me act because sometimes my calendar says thinking time or my calendar have a specific spot for answering specific question. For example, how are you going to show your love to your wife this week? And that's it has specific place in in my timetable. And this is the way I make sure that I live according to my values and not according to my thoughts. Right. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think it takes some I think it takes some living to actually get to the point in which what you say is what you think and and what you mean. What you say is what you mean. It's not it's not an easy task in life. And for me, that is integrity. Like really mm-hmm. saying what I think, what I believe, what I want. But the difference with together with what I mean, this is what I want. This is what I think. This is what I know. This is what I mean. Not getting them confused, you see? Not talking about what I mean in terms of this is what I think. No, this is what I mean. And so when there is some sort of congruency between, between what you feel, what you say, and what you do, then we can talk about integrity. Do you see? But when when you are, we seem to be going back to this, when you are open to the possibility of seeing anew, like you could have said, this is what I will do today, but you are open to responding from wisdom if if something else is asked of you. And so from there comes integrity. This is what I meant when I spoke earlier of a different kind of integrity that comes from radical presence and the ability to read the moment and what it needs from you right then and there. Yeah. Tell me, and and let's recognize that there is an elephant in the room which is, we are talking about standards of living in a bit of like, not practical. Um, You are now sitting in quite, can I call your house a mansion? (laughs) 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 So you're sitting in a mansion. It is a mansion okay. because I have tons, tons of air and sky and trees in front of me. So yes, that is a mansion. You are right. So you have many rooms, you have a swimming pool, you have a big backyard. So is it oh, honey. According, according to your standards of living or not? Mm. 
So this is what you mean by practical standards of living. No, they're not very practical. I'm just messing up with you, actually. Yeah. Well, but it's interesting to see how you how how you are making it all up. You see, because yeah, my house actually yeah. has only three rooms. <laughs> okay. And the swimming pool is not a swimming pool. It's it's specifically built for specific types of exercises. So you wanna you wanna play it down. You want to play it down now. I can. I can if I want to. But I recognize the fact that for most people, this would be a, an extraordinary house. Is this up to my standards of living? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. But not because of what it has, but because of the possibilities it brings for me and the people I love. Would, would you accept anything less than that? Define accept. Would I be okay if. with anything less than that? Absolutely. Because I know that my well-being does not depend on things working out the way I want them to. I know that my well-being has nothing to do with that. Would It you has still to do... No, hold on, I'm not finished. It has to do with recognizing that it is not dependent on how things turn out. It is not dependent on circumstance. So, I get it. Would you still thrive for bigger house, better reality? I don't know. I don't know, Misha, I have an enormous faith in life. And I know that what it brings is what is needed now for me. So if it brought less, I guess my challenge would be to find the way to harvest what I needed from that. Would I thrive? Yes. Absolutely. Would I strive for more? I don't know. I don't have anything against striving for more. None. Nothing at all. I don't have anything against settling for something and being okay with less. Would I want to? I don't know. Do I feel like right now in my life, sometimes I want more? Definitely. Of course. It's not that I need it, but I would like to experience other things that are not that are not necessarily available to me now with the resources that I have. Are you saying that getting what you want is not one of your standards? No, getting what I want is definitely not one of my standards. Interesting. It is one of mine for sure. Cool. <laughs> is is it okay to be at peace and joyful and happy and wanting more? It is it is perfectly okay. There is nothing wrong with being or feeling anything. Now 
I would say that being okay and at peace, full stop, is not only okay, it is vital. Even if only to get what you want. Because from being okay and at peace comes the clarity to know what you actually want and how to actually get it. Why do we want more? <sighs> oh man. Okay, this is my take on it. Completely personal. I don't think we are free in what we want. It seems to me that life places desire in our hearts for things. It, it, it infuses our heart with excitement to experience certain things. And I am going to underline that word, experience certain things, because I don't think it, in, it, in, it places in us the desire for things. I think it places the desire in us for experiences. And I think we are drawn, our hearts are drawn to the experiences it needs or they need in order to break open and expand and take in even more love. Like there is a there is an ancient tradition of of how the heart needs to break open in order for love to enter it and make it larger. But then now that it's larger, it needs to break open again so that love can enter and make it larger. So I, I am a firm uh, believer in the fact that life draws us to the experiences that will break our hearts open. I understand when it, when it draws me to experience a private plane travel or you know a bigger mansion but i don't really get it when it draws me to experience drugs or some really nasty stuff well the people that are wanting to experience drugs are looking to experience the same mental peace that you experience with plane rides and financial stability we are all just wanting to experience peace of mind and well-being. Oh. But what I am talking about is in terms of, you know, getting close to people. I was just talking to a client earlier today and he was not planning on falling in love, but he's falling in love and he's terrified and he doesn't want to want to fall in love. And he's wanting to reject it and asking for strategies to how do I stop this from happening? No, this is, this is your heart guiding you to break itself open so that more love can come in. You see, and this is not about mental peace. This is with mental peace. So when we are... Don't you think... When we are talking in, about... So when I am talking about... When I say experiences, it's not necessarily the peace of mind that drugs will bring me or the peace of mind that financial security will bring me. 
I am talking about experiences in which your heart breaks open, like loss, like giving of yourself, like service, like love in relationship, like parenting, like, but it always has to do with somehow caring. Do you see? Don't you think it's, it is given into illusion? Like with drugs, yes, something is drawing me towards experiencing drugs. But I know, based on what I know, and by the way, I'm not drawn to drugs. I'm just making an example of it, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for the clarification. Because, because my phase with drugs is over. <laughs> All right. I've done it, but I'm talking from my like direct experience. So what if it is an illusion and actually it is an illusion and you think that you will feel better, you will get this peace from mind. In fact, it is available to you right now. You don't have to do it. And you're lying to yourself when you're saying it is your heart that is, you know, drawing you towards that experience, not necessary. It is actually you who agree with your own thoughts about these things. So what if you don't have to go and take drugs to experience peace? You don't. That's the whole point. But you don't need the plane to experience peace either. And you don't need the mansion yeah. to experience peace either. And you don't need the security of your heart, like my client is trying to get, in order to find peace. Peace is of a different nature. So you can come with peace, meet life, and from there, be guided into the actual experiences that your heart needs in order to break open, become wiser, larger, more capable of love. So I guess we need to differentiate between what our ego wants and what our heart wants. So here we go. When we begin from peace and wholesomeness, you become an expression of that wholesomeness, of that peace. And in that expression, you seek experience, you seek to express. You see how it's the same root, express, experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are starting off from a place of lack, I do not have peace, I do not have well-being, and you make up a story that in order to access that, you need something, then you become the seeker of mm -hmm. peace, which is a complete opposite from the expression of. Now, our ego will always, always try to get us what we are because it does not know that we are that. So as we go out on the mission to get anything, we must 
give ourselves the opportunity to pause and really take a hard look at what it is that we are seeking, if it is what we already are, beyond and before ego. Because ego will always just strive to keep us safe. But we are safe. Can I ask you a question? Really? <laughs> sure. Based on that understanding, what is it that you are seeking? M me personally? Yes. Oh man, I am looking to be an expression of the wholesomeness and oneness and unity and endless love in the universe as much and as often in as many ways as I can. And I am I am really hoping because it's the best I can do that my expression of that will remind others of that truth in them. I love it. Have you heard the phrase that you are defined by what you seek? I have heard that sentence, but I will tell you one I read this morning. Tell me. So in this conversation that I was listening to this morning, one person was asking the other, what defines you? And the answer was nothing. Every definition excludes the possibility of change. Mm -hmm. But I like the way you were saying it. So you, you are defined by what you seek is true on so many levels. Like if you believe there is a lack, then that lack will define everything. It will define what you want, the decisions you make, how you go about life, etc. If there is no seeking, when you come to the end of seeking, the end of searching, but you see... I am not talking about the end because the lack was fulfilled. I am talking about before the seeking, before the search. Yeah. Before the search, you are left with now. But if you look around you now, like even physically, if you stop and look around you now and ask yourself, what is this moment lacking? Now, if you look at your immediate surroundings, you could say, oh, well, this moment is lacking a cup of coffee, right? But if you if you kind of really take some sort of perspective and start looking around you, you know, out at the garden, out at the trees, at the sky, at the, and you bring your vision outwards and, the, and you see the universe, what is this moment lacking? Absolutely nothing. Everything is here. So what could we possibly lack in a universe that is an expression of oneness? Cup of good coffee can be still be good. Yeah, so that is what defines me right now. <laughs> a cup of hot coffee. But do you see? Now, Jack Pransky, a great teacher, of the principles has a beautiful quote that I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember it exactly, but it goes more or less like this. All we are is love, peace, 
wisdom and well-being and the ability to believe we are not. Yeah. And that, that is the dilemma of the human condition, that we are all that and the ability to believe that we are not. I love the question that asks if we are so smart, why our experiences are so poor? Are your experiences poor? I kind of doubt that, Misha. <laughs> <laughs> so that's poor, not in the um, not in the monetary way. No, no, no. I'm talking about the richness of experience. Yes. Yeah, but what? What the person who asked the question, and I don't know who the person, maybe me, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what person means is that when you are so smart, sometimes your head is so full with thoughts that this is exactly what is lacking in the now. Peace from mind. And if someone wants experience to be rich, the best way is to do, to devote yourself, to do what your spirit wants right now. And this is a personal story, but I figured at some point of my life that all my spirit really wants is to teach and build and nothing else. Okay, cool. And the longer I am in this mode, the better I feel. And the longer I am in this mode, the less thoughts I have in my head. Well, there's your guidance. And this is the guidance. And it feels great. It feels right. And everything tends to work out. Sweet. Perfect. The system is complete. You just need to learn to follow yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as always, let us give our listeners a piece of advice. What are they going to do once they click pause, like once they say, hey, Marina, Misha, I love the conversation. What I'm, what I'm going to do now? A piece of advice. Well, I would say, question what you think question your your values and see in which ways they have limited your experience of life yeah. can i piggyback on that oh man here we go yeah sure go on <laughs> i would say question what you need Perfect. do not allow that to define you question any definition then come on yeah Please. i like it <laughs> i like it okay great so thank you for the conversation today and happy belated birthday one more time thank you thank you very much i will keep enjoying my whole year ahead have the best year in your life thank you the best one yet <laughs> thank you a lot. the best one yet yes. for sure <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening to the School for Mystics podcast.